What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with people who have incredible stories to tell. And today's guests is no exception, are no exception. We have two people on the show today, two twins, in fact, two of my favorite twins. I'm talking about James and Anthony Devaney, of course, the co-hosts of the Raiders of the Lost podcast, these guys are incredibly successful. If you remember, James was actually uh, guest number three on this show, talking about and introducing this show that they have now been doing for the past two years. And to say that they've been successful is an understatement. These guys are charting in the top 50 in their specific genre. They are projected to hit just about 600,000 downloads this month alone. They are the Academy Awards top podcasting list. These guys are insane. And their knowledge of movies and their love for movies and TV is incredible. So, so excited to have James and Anthony on the show and talking about their success and talking about their love for film. So without further ado, here are Anthony and James Devaney. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, everyone, on this week's episode, we welcome the twins that are crushing the podcast industry. Recurring guest James Davini and his twin brother Anthony joined today's show. Anthony and James started their show Raiders of the Lost podcast back in June of 2020 and haven't looked back with hundreds of thousands of downloads to uh, 2,500 plus five-star ratings, over half a million social media followers and named as one of the Academy Awards top movie podcasts. There's no slowing this duo down. Feels like just yesterday we had James on the show and he was introducing this show. Now here they are. Uh, recording at the Spotify headquarters every other you know it's all of a sudden so James and Anthony welcome to the show how are you guys doing we're excellent doing, we're doing great thanks for having us on pal what an introduction too. I know that was wow, a that was great so intro hey I try I try I gotta I gotta boost my guests up I mean come on this, <laughs> I'm just the normal guy with a lazy eye you guys have the way better intro so whenever <laughs> if I ever come on your guys show that's just the intro we have the normal guy with a lazy eye that's it <laughs> and we're all bostonians yeah but yeah right appreciate it i had a blast when i went on your show like two years ago but yeah it's the funny thing is, is i was introducing this show because we were what, like two week, two months in barely really? yeah. I, I was promoting it and now we're at the point where we're both on the show full time i left my job in november so it's been a really exciting two and a half years but the last like six months to a year has been really great so it's it's so fun that this has become our full-time job and just reaching people around the world and it's pretty awesome yeah we get paid to talk about movies which is pretty wild so <laughs> it's it pretty up, it's pretty uh, great <laughs> that's amazing i mean that's that's part of the reason why i wanted to have you back on it was like i feel like the story has changed just so much in the past two years so it's like the, the you know the days of the boiler report and like the tiktok <laughs> james is, is so it's like so in the past not that it's like gone or forever but like you have a whole new you now. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Have you're not, you're not the mass hole. This is more of like who I really am though, because the Boston gym, like the mass hole content, that was, that was a character that I had fun with. A lot of people thought that I was, that was like who I really was, but people right. would chill out, like take that with a grain of salt. It was just fun. It was just comedy, little sketches, but this is more, more of like who I really am in terms of like being a huge cinephile. I mean, I think I've been watching movies and addicted to movies since we were little kids obviously but like it's our lifestyle basically and and so it's been really great to like make the transfer from making these silly tiktok videos which i somehow got a huge audience from but you then did. you to did. now 
learning from all that content, learning from, you know, where to go from steps ABC to like start with zero videos, zero views to, to build a show, to build a con content and to build, build the podcast. It's been, we, we couldn't have done it without that, but I'm just glad to have made the transfer to this. Yeah. And and in two years, I mean, when we started the show, it was nothing and we had no views at all. And except right. for, I think our mom, <laughs> hey, at least and, your parents uh, listen to your show. I'm yeah, still trying right. to get them to listen to mine. So. Janice loves yeah. us. And now, so and now so it's bad. now it's like uh, it's really grown, and we have a community as well. We have a Discord with our with our uh, biggest fans, and it's pretty wild how this just like kind of spiraled into a legitimate business. And we we're like small business owners now. It's not just for fun, and it's pretty like to yesterday we just like watched a movie and uh, like the other day well, a, it was a, vaca- it was a day a day of a day of work for us the other day was to watch stranger things volume 2 and then review it and that was like yeah but it's still a lot of work yeah, yeah i know but it's, it's a, a lot, lot of work because yeah i would say like if i binge watch a show the last thing i want to do is talk about it all for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like my so, brain yeah. is just such mush already like i'm like oh god now i have to like formulate this put it all down and, and write an episode about it <laughs> yeah but i mean it is a lot of work we still put in a ton of hours every yes. week and it's, it's not kinda, all fun and games it's kind of like a 24 7 job too where you're constantly like interacting with people on social media constantly posting and like it's cool because when you're self-employed you get to make your own schedule so right. our schedule's like all over the place we can we can take days off if we want to or or whatever but then it's also kind of like from when you wake up to when you go to bed you're still, still kind of like in like a limbo of working and not working at all times depending on what needs to get done at specific times of the day yeah it does it blends into your uh, everyday life in every facet because we we pride ourselves in it's important for us to constantly communicate with people who like the show and whether that be Instagram DMs in our discord chats on Instagram uh, in the comments of anything we post. So it, it does take up a lot of time just communicating with everyone, but we think that it's really important. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to the copious amounts of content that you guys have put out over the past two years <laughs> in just it's a little insane. bit, but it's, it's wild. I was doing some, like, I, I mean, my fingers hurt just from scrolling on your guys' pages <laughs> and like getting some content for today. But so before we get to the success story of the show, let's talk about how we've got here, right? It's not every day that we see twins working together so successfully. Yes, we have the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen twins. You could even say Cole and Dylan Sprouse. I'm talking more so from our generations, but how have you guys all, have you guys always been this close? Has it been something that you wanted to do where you guys could work together every single day? I mean, we've, we have ups and downs just like any other kind of relationship. I say the podcast has brought us closer together than we ever have been before. We've had like sort of like mini breakups here and there, but <laughs> you know, I think being able to share a passion, which is the reason why we moved to Los Angeles anyways, is to pursue film. That's like the long-term goal is to make movies. And if the podcast is the avenue to get us there, then it, it seems like that's the route we're going to keep going. But, um, you know, I think it's it's really rare to have a partner in terms of a business and a passion and to have someone that you start a business with that you can completely trust. So I, I really like I'm glad that me and Anthony have been able to do this together together, because if even if you start a business with a friend, you could still have, you know, secrets being kept finances yeah. and stuff like that. But we share everything. We're responsibility with everything. So I think it's it's been really great to have a partner in a business that 
is exactly like you in a lot of ways. You're right. I, yeah, I do fully trust you. I trust <laughs> yeah. you. I wouldn't trust you if you were <laughs> just some guy I've known for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that in the back. You hear stories of people that were best friends and they start a business together, and it's like things go downhill. Like yeah. there's people keeping secrets, trying to get more power in the dynamic or more money out of the dynamic. So I think it's I would never <laughs> to have someone that's um, working with you 50-50 on everything. Yeah, and, and it's a great collaboration. But um, we, we're we're just it's pretty wild that, you know, we get to do this together. And also we've, we share our relationship with so many other people, especially our biggest fans and being able to like, they know our inside jokes. They know so much about us and our, our relationship to one another as brothers. Mm -hmm. And that's really, it's really powerful sometimes to just see like people we don't even, we've never met before from all around the world. They'll just name an inside joke that James and I used to say, all the time but then and they connect to that too and so it's like our relationship has reached more people and has like spread across the globe to people all over the place which is pretty pretty wonderful what, what's really incredible is that they can tell the difference between us yeah what we look like and sound like i i can tell what you guys look like differently i know who's who yeah sometimes when i'm like 30 minutes into your show I'm, i start to lose like who's who <laughs> you know like james like you like i don't know sometimes it's just, it's the way you talk like i, I like a little bit more emphasis on things like just like attitude wise no offense like no, not hopefully not. He's, it's just a he's more it's just a boston thing it's, more it's, it's the energy <laughs> and then anthony you know like i so I, I pick it up on that but then like there are episodes where i'm like 50 minutes in and i'm like crap who's talking <laughs> just go with it man yeah i just go with it i'm like okay one of the twins is talking so i mean they're making they're making great points so it doesn't really matter who's who here but so like i know you guys both grew up and had film backgrounds and, and your jobs before you know, before the podcast full time, but how did the idea to start a movie podcast come about? Where did the love for movie and TV really come from? Well, move, the love for film and TV started when we were kids and then compounded having older brothers showing us movies we shouldn't have been watching at such young ages and Perfect. then just watching movies. And when you have a family of eight people, six boys, the only way to show us up is either video games or movies. And so movie night was always big and always watching movies all the time at the house. And then growing up, going to the movies with like our parents, with our dad or our brothers was always just an event and always just a fun thing to do for us personally. And it's just something that it's grown since we were teenagers even more. And we really do. We owe the podcast to the lockdown of 2020. That's where uh, we began the podcast. We had, we had played with the idea in the past before that, but that just trickled out into basically nothing. And we basically forgot about it. And then lockdown happened. I lost my freelance work and James had, like, you know, experience with his own podcast, and he really learned that industry and how to produce the content necessary for TikTok, and he was doing his podcast, and we were just chatting one day, and we were like, I had listened to a few movie podcasts, very popular ones, but I was never impressed with them and never really happy with how they discussed film, more nitpicky, more criticizing than actually celebrating the films themselves, so we were just chatting, and we were just like, we could do better than those those boneheads. We can do better than them. <laughs> and then so we just were just like, screw it. I have nothing else to do. James still at his job, but like with all my free time, we're just like, we can actually try it and see what happens. And so it was really because we started in June 2020 was when we started the first episode. So yeah. it's because of the COVID lockdown. Yeah. And it's so funny that you bring up, you know, how you didn't like other shows because sometimes when I'm in your guys' comments, People really don't like how you guys critique movies. <laughs> I'll go, I'm going to go a little bit off topic for this for now, but like, how, like, what is that like? Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like what you're saying is Bible. 
but it's as if they're like you're just preaching all the wrong things and it's like dude it's it's our perspective of a movie that you can have a perspective on that they can have a perspective on we're just giving people what like we want you know like it's it's our content you know like like james you're perfect at dealing with the comments section you've had plenty <laughs> of your days in that but what is it like i mean like it's it kind of seems a little bit ridiculous to do i mean with every, everything's and, subjective yeah you get to have your own opinions everyone's opinions on a movie is valid or whatever so that's what i think a lot of people don't understand or take an account they want because they're used to you know because of social media you can have these massive these opinions that are you know seconded and backed up by millions of people from likes and comments everyone agrees with you and you're like oh they agree with me too and like they have the same opinions i'm right and the the ironic thing is they got the opinion from the video they watched they didn't even formulate it themselves and so it's usually like the most popular opinion is like the most important because of what they see on social media and then when you do something or you say something differently they get people get really upset because it doesn't match their viewpoint because we're living in a world where everyone has to have every single one of their beliefs viewpoints on every single thing, whether it's Taco Bell or movies or just a movie list or favorite something you, everyone has to have the same exact opinion as you. And if, if they don't, then there's something wrong with them, which is crazy behavior to me. And I think it's wild because I respect everyone's opinion. I don't care what your favorite movie is. I don't care if you don't like movies that I love or you have different opinions than me, but people just, they love to fight on social media. And I think it's because they've just been told yes so many times online from constantly the same content, saying the same things that they think and they believe. And that formulates their opinions. They're just not, they're not accepting of differing opinions on the smallest things. And, and also hate comments are, they are a weird thing because like I said, there's those other podcasts that I didn't like. I never like left them a bad review or- no gave them wrote horrible comments in their social media posts, but that happens to us on a regular basis. And it is strange because I think the internet has freed people up to show the nastiest sides of themselves, or mm-hmm. there's just like this anger that people can let out online that they would never ever think about doing in person. Like no one will come up to me and Jim and say, you guys are idiots. Like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they wouldn't say that to us, to our faces. But it's so easy to just make a comment or just to write a, a one-star review. And it, it is odd how the internet the internet has freed up a lot of like hate people have to to let it out in a way. Yeah. And I, I think that it, it is a strange thing to get hate and trolling comments a lot, but and it did used to bother us, but we've learned to just laugh at it and not take it super seriously, although it used to really bother us. But now we just like literally just we'll laugh screen, at we'll screenshot something, some crazy comment, and I'll send it to Jim or vice versa. We'll just laugh about it. So, But it doesn't bother us anymore. What, what's interesting, you said when you introduced us, we have 2,500 ratings on Spotify and Apple combined, which is we're so grateful for all the people who rate us because we're at a 4.9 average. And all the reviews, they're almost all five stars, but there's no like two stars, no three stars, no four stars. It's like five or one, which is crazy. It's like, I I get it. You didn't feel the show. No big deal. You want to leave a review? Sure. But like to say one and be like, these guys are idiots, these bros. It's just like people love to hate and it's it's odd, but it's, it's few and far between. We have so many amazing fans and the amount of praise we get just outweighs the, the little crappy comments by a huge margin and like we have so many great five-star reviews and just people who comment and leave dms with us every day that just say the nicest thing so that's that helps you get through it too absolutely i'm kind of a fan of the spotify ratings where it's just you just leave the stars you know like i i'm all for the written like five-star reviews but i'm also like to your point like the one-star reviews that they take like an hour and a half to write a three-paragraph novel yeah, three-paragraph yeah. essay you're like yeah. wow 
for as much time as you or for as much as you hate my podcast you're spending so much time writing about it. <laughs> like, a couple like, of those <laughs> yeah I know it's crazy but I do want to get to I mean we're talking to two Bostonians and one that lives in Boston I can't I can't deem myself a Bostonian I wasn't born here and we're going to get to a list or a topic that will get some people talking so growing up in the suburbs of Boston a city where a lot of critically acclaimed films are based and filmed in I have to address the elephant in the room. Do you guys have a number one uh, definitive Boston movie? It's probably Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. That's the best one. Wow. Okay. Definitely. That that seemed pretty easy for you guys. I think it's no question. I think it's like between that and then, I mean, The Departed is there as well. The town's great, but I think I think The Departed and Good Will Hunting are a different class than all the other ones, but I think Good Will Hunting is just such a genius film in every way amazing script and everything but also i mean mystic river is great so. i was gonna say that is that my daughter sean yeah yeah that's my top three that's my top three is the departed mystic river and goodwill hunting in no particular order gone baby but, gone's yeah, great gone, baby, too gone. So yeah. there's so many great ones but yeah. i think goodwill hunting is just such a special movie i don't think yeah. that anything touches goodwill hunting even the departed which i really love but i think goodwill hunting is a very special movie even if i wasn't from boston I think it would just be, it would still be genius, but I think it really captured uh, that culture in a really authentic way. Uh, in selfie ca- kid? In the fucking <laughs> selfie guy. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I think, a, a brilliant story and amazing cast and Matt and Ben just killing it. It's just, it's, it's a really remarkable film. And I think it's one of the best screenplays of like the last uh, 50 years. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, do you have a, who, who would you say is the best or your favorite Boston actor or actress? Matt. It's tough, Matt. I, I think Ben's my guy. <laughs> you oh, always wow. crush on Ben. I love Ben Affleck. He's so What does cool. Mark get in there? Does he, is Mark's, he in the top three or Mark's no? Mark's top five. Mark's sure. top, okay, yeah, top Mark's five. Up, All right. yeah. We love Marky Mark, and he's made some great movies. I mean, Boogie Nights is an amazing movie that he's the lead of. <laughs> yeah. And he's an Oscar nom the from, fighter. from The Departed. He's great the in The Fighter. Movie, but I think yeah. Ben, after he started getting his directing going and started making great, great movies, you know, directing Gone Baby Gone, directing The Town, directing Argo, and just kind of being a triple threat, kind of like a modern-day Clint Eastwood kind of guy making less movies. Obviously, that guy makes a movie a year since he was since like 1908. But uh, Ben, I think Ben made 68 movies. Ben's Matt's the best actor, but I think Ben all around is like the best, the greatest filmmaker and, and storyteller of them all. There you go. There you go. So that's our list. And I'm sure we'll have people that disagree with it, but that's fine. <laughs> people, people will disagree. It's Boston. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so back to the show and maybe some more in the more important topics. You guys obviously are living together in LA. James, you were doing the TikTok stuff on your own, doing your own show, and obviously both working in the film industry. Was When you guys did decide to start this, James, was it hard for you to kind of put what you were doing on the back burner a little bit? To kill Boston Jim? To kill Boston Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so... I would say yes and no. Yes, because, you know, I had so much fun and like there was such a great following. I got like 90,000 followers on TikTok, like all from Massachusetts. Right. It was all lot, Boston for you. A lot of like, YouTube. <laughs> yes, all Bostonians. There was one kid you're, who like, you're really wanted. You're filming TikToks wanted... in LA and people were yeah. just flying in their from mind. Massachusetts. There was yeah. a kid who wanted to murder you. There are people that really hated me. <laughs> and like people, some kid changed his bio to I hate James Devaney. So like all like it generated a lot of hate that I honestly caused a lot of stress because you wake up to a DM and someone's telling you to die. It's like sucks. wake up, boom, there you, you know, go. But it was still fun. <laughs> but like you still get great, great messages and people love the content. Um, but at the same time, it was before like TikTok Creator Fund, and it was still just kind of just like I guess finding myself in terms of what kind of content I wanted to create. 
And you were also doing comedy though. At I was the same trying time. comedy at the yeah. same time, but yeah. you know, I, I wasn't really generating any income from it. <laughs> so, so to leave it and to pursue something else was not that hard because I was, I thought, and when it, when we came up with the idea, Anthony like pitched the idea of a podcast like 2019, where it was just one of those things that you talk about with your friends. Like, yeah, we'll get around to it someday. Then we started okay. doing it. And because of the success in terms of finding an audience with just the most niche thing of being, of doing just only Boston humor and just being an angry Bostonian in a car, <laughs> like I, I found an audience that was pretty big and I'm like, dude, this will work. All we got to do is go hard. And I, I, we both had like a similar vision. I was trying, I was trying to tell Anthony, I'm like, yo, TikTok's the key. He's like, what the hell is a TikTok? <laughs> and I Accurate. was like, I had this vision. I'm like, all we have to do, I have a vision, work really hard, make content and post it on TikTok. And our quality of content so high that it's it'll be impossible not to find an audience. And I just had I I left the the other content immediately. I don't think I posted a video since really besides like two or three because I had like so much faith in what we were about to start and the journey we were about to continue and and, and start. And I was like, f that. It was fun. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about myself. Learned how to interact with people online and what people on social media like. And I we just went full on. So it wasn't really that hard in terms of like seeing a possibility to not necessarily make a career, but leave my job at some point mm-hmm. and to generate an income and just build a fan base of doing what we really wanted to do when we moved here in terms of making films. Yeah. And Anthony, for you, for someone who hasn't really done a lot on the social media front, was it daunting for you to have something where you're now putting your face and your presence on things like TikTok and Instagram? It wasn't daunting. Cause I think seeing Jim, um, James do so well with it. You can call me Jim. It's fine. Yeah, I, he calls I, me so I call him Jim. Well, I'm sure like our listeners yeah. are like, is there a third here? What are we- <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I still, I barely understood what he was doing, but then yeah. he would show me like a clip and it would get like thousands of views and not views. And I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's like 20,000 views, hundred thousand views. That's wild. Yeah. And, um, I, I always felt like I, YouTube was never, was still something I had never tapped into that I knew we could do something for. Um, I obviously needed a little, little work in front of the camera. I wasn't great at first. We got him going. Yeah, Look got, at him. He got me going. Look at uh, him now. Look at him now. Once I got used to being on camera, that was fine. I was never like daunted or uh, nervous about it. It's just being filming yourself is an awkward thing. 100%. And also, we didn't really have plans when we were going into episodes. We were just like, um, let's just see what happens. So the more time, the more episodes we filmed, the better I got, and more confident I got. And I, I, I would say it's definitely seeing, seeing James have success before we even started that gave me confidence that like, if, if he says that we can tap into this resource of TikTok and YouTube, and like he said, he was doing something so niche and found success. If we talk about movies, which everybody loves, it seems like it's a no brainer that we could eventually find an audience. If this dummy can do it, then we both can. <laughs> and because we have so much passion for film and cinema that I thought it was it was inevitable to, to find people because that's what we did in the meantime in our free time, anyways. We'd be in the kitchen shooting the shit about movies every single day, talking about right. the latest castings and this director. Fun facts. Scorsese's latest movie, what's he making? Like talking about Christopher Nolan all the time. So like mm-hmm. that's what we talked about in the real world besides the Patriots, anyways. But what was what was really daunting? Where was there were times where the first couple of months it was like, are we gonna ever find an audience? And we're getting no views or downloads, and like we're getting like in the tens and teens on YouTube. Yeah. And it's like that's when it was like, gosh, what are we doing? But we just kept going, 
and we kept grinding and we kept just putting out content, putting out episodes. Told you, man. Like we just got to keep yeah. going until and we then, go viral. Yeah. And then eventually we started going viral and then that started building the audience on all of our platforms. And then here we are today. But like, if we had given up when it was a little tough and very uncertain, we wouldn't be here today. So it was tough at some times and very nerve wracking and anxious, but we just stuck through it. It's always tough. I mean, like, I, I even think today, like, I've had this is, you know, we're on episode 86, 87 or whatever. And like, th- trust me, there are times where I thought I had a guest that was going to bring in an audience that was going to do something big. And like, it only gets like a couple hundred. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I just think I do so much work. But then there's episodes that I recorded almost a year ago now that are like re-getting traction because honestly, it's from them going on other people's shows. And then they type in that person's name and they see, oh, wait, he did a show with so-and-so or here he did a, a show with normal guy lazy eye two years ago. Like, that's what's like really like James, your episodes really picking up because of your, because of your audience with Raiders of the Lost podcast. So it's just so funny to me, like episodes one through 10 are like resurfacing, you know? So it, well, it, yeah. it whenever it gets hard, you know, like I, I always tell you, just keep going. There's like 90% of the podcasts today. Don't make it past their second episode. Yeah, I mean, you just got to put the work in. You're not going to find success overnight. And it, and it took us two years to get to the point where I could leave my job. Well, over two years, but still, right. like, what you see is me leaving my job, but in Anthony becoming full-time as well on the show. But you don't see the 100-hour weeks we're both putting in individually on the show for a year and a half, two years, not seeing it. But fortunately, like, COVID, as, hor- as horrible as it was and how hard it was for a lot of people, I always say that it was still a goldmine of opportunity for anyone who wanted to do anything, whether you want to start a business artist content creator musician you finally have the time to make that album you have the time to write that book do whatever you've always thought in the back of your head of doing so we took advantage of that opportunity and so i mean but still it doesn't happen overnight it takes a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of patience and consistency and if you're gonna if you're expecting to get a thousand views per episode your first five months of six months of having a podcast like you might want to do something else unless you're famous or you get lucky. Yeah. It's not how it works. It took us a long yeah. time to get to where we are. And now we're, 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 we've had a very good couple months since we switched over to Spotify's platform anchor. And, and so, yeah, we're just very lucky and always grateful every day to be in the 1% of podcasts. And it's interesting. You mentioned that delayed response with um, a couple of your episodes that's happening to us right now. I mean, we, we never really went viral on YouTube ever. Mm-hmm. And in the last few weeks, our YouTube just randomly, uh, a few of our older, much older episodes are really taking off, like yeah. taking off, taking off episodes and, we did in 20, like yeah, 2020, 2021. Yeah. And right. it's, it's, th- we don't really know what started it, but just at the beginning of June, uh, the numbers started skyrocketing for some of these episodes. And it's just a matter of, I think we just have so much content. Eventually something was going to hit and we're getting more, we're getting more views on an old video on, on YouTube that we put up two years ago than we do on anything we put out right now currently it's just <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of weird how Patience. that's working on because told you man yeah. like give it a couple of years yeah. bro and, and youtube will skyrocket you just gotta do the work yeah it's strange because yeah. like youtube we still have never like we've gone viral on tiktok big time but youtube we still haven't really gone huge there we had a squid game was our first kind of like big hit on youtube yeah. where we got like thirteen thousand right. downloads in the first month because it was such a hot topic and heavily searched but like we have 300 episodes on YouTube and we finally like ha- are having episodes get over 40,000 views on YouTube. And the, like our episode of the dark Knight trilogy, which we did like 18 months ago, maybe longer. Wow, yeah. That's now the most popular video on our YouTube channel in the last 
last two months, it's killing. So like it's consistency and patience and not stopping and not giving up because it's not going to happen overnight. It's two years it took us to get to this point longer than that, you know? Right. Exactly. So you, we've talked about the, the topic of starting a podcast, starting a business, whatever, during a global pandemic, but something that's obviously a little bit unique is starting a movie podcast during a global pandemic with the fact and the uncertainty of Hollywood at that time. When you, when you sat down to film episode one, what did you have to like, and in fact, the theme was, you know, is this movie going to revitalize Hollywood? Did you think like we would ever get back to where we are today with Hollywood? Obviously hindsight being 2020, you're seeing movies like Top Gun and, and the rise of Gru, but like when you're sitting there in June of 2020, you're like, dude, no one is ever going to step foot in another movie theater again. I, from day one, I've always felt confident, confident that um, movie theaters wouldn't, wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that, because if you say that, then you're saying the society would never get back to normal. And I, I felt confident that eventually society would get back to normal. And although streaming took off at that period, and in a lot of studios, they went streaming uh, many of their releases that were supposed to come out in 2020 or even 2021, they went streaming only or VOD. And I knew just from the numbers that I, and I predicted that they would not make even close to the profits they do in theaters. And they did it. Right. And many times they had big losses, uh, Marvel and Disney, uh, Warner brothers and HBO max. They released uh, a ton of their theatrical releases instead on VOD paramount plus did a couple as well. And the numbers were just, they weren't even breaking even on some of these releases that would have made well over half a billion dollars. And so I knew that they were trying this out, but I felt confident because the box office, and the actual theater provides so much opportunity for making real boatloads of money. I knew that eventually theaters would come back and combine that with the fact that watching a movie in a theater, an event movie, watching mm-hmm. it in a theater with a packed audience on a huge screen with amazing sound will never compare to watching it on your phone, on your laptop, in your room, uh, in your living room while you're like eating a snack or walking in and out of the room or looking at your phone. Um, and I think a movie that really showed that was Spider-Man No Way Home. It was the first it was the first massive success since uh, lockdown happened and people were going in troves to see that movie together. And I think people remembered again that the movie theater can be a place where an event can take place, like seeing your favorite musician play at a sold out stadium. It's the same thing. Yeah, I honestly was a little worried at times. And when COVID happened, uh, Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet was being released that June in Main Anthony actually drove to San Diego from Los Angeles, about a two and a half hour drive, two hour drive to see that because nowhere else in California was it playing. So people like us- Good old Orange County, Southern California, you know- They, they, they do what they want. Awesome. <laughs> it's great. So I think- You go into Red Robin before. Obviously, yeah, Red Robin. <laughs> great. Cinephiles and people who love movies would always try to go to the movie theaters, but in terms of studios putting out movies to be seen in theaters, I was worried about- only superhero movie comic book hero franchise films surviving like movies like star wars movies or the mcu dc i thought those i was worried that those are the only movies that were going to be released because of streaming studios would be like they've already eliminated like the 20 million to 60 million dollar budget movie unfortunately that's kind of gone that doesn't really exist anymore and so there and i was worried that any low budget film or not franchise movie they would just opt to go streaming but fortunately they put that aside after, like Anthony said, they were losing money at the box office. Temporarily, their income was high. They made a lot of money those first couple of months because people were signing up for the streaming services. But then people were like, I'm not going to pay for HBO Max for an entire year. I saw Wonder Woman. I saw this. See you later. So they realized that subscriptions <laughs> isn't even close yeah. to box office releases. And also, 
it's really fortunate that it's coming back because so many people would, would have been put out of jobs in movie theaters around the world. And I think this past couple of weeks, especially last two weeks, two weekends ago was the biggest box office in terms of importance, I think, since even before the pandemic, where we had since two, the first time since in, since 2017, four movies made over $20 million in, in the same weekend, which was shocking, especially that hadn't happened since 2017, two years, two and a half years before the pandemic. So that's such amazing news. And all these kids getting out there, the gentle minions, the boys getting suited up. <laughs> Hopefully they're not wreaking havoc on the theaters like we've heard stories. But to have people, like Eddie said, get excited to go experience in a movie because there's nothing that compares to it at home. You can have a projector. Sure, that's fun. But like to be in a giant room full of people and amazing sound, it's pitch black except for the screen. I mean, we saw the black phone and that was such a fun movie theater experience. The crowd was all reacting together at the same things. We were scared right. together. We laughed together. We, we cheered together. And so I think there's nothing that compares to the event of a film in theaters. Absolutely. I'm so glad they're back. Yeah, no, I mean, like when people, like I was talking to some friend and they were like, yeah, I want to see Top Gun, but I might just wait till it comes out on streaming. And I was like, no way. Oh, and Top Gun uh, is like, that's like the only, like, if you had to pick one movie in the next, like, for the next, like, past six months or next six months that you have to see in a theater for the full experience, I'd say Top Gun. Yeah. And yeah. people like, don't realize no how, how important it was for Top Gun to make a billion dollars. Crazy important because it's not superheroes. It's not a franchise. Yeah, it's a sequel, but it was 30 years ago. It's not <laughs> Star Wars. It's freaking just Tom Cruise flying jets with a bunch of people and a bunch of young young stars. And, and like that's so incredible because it shows that film is healthy still and that yeah. there's still money to be made. And studios should not be afraid to make movies that aren't superpowers franchise. and superheroes. Not to get off topic, but, the, but Top Gun is so important post-pandemic to make a bill incredible and also I your experience your, your experience watching a movie if you watch a movie for the first time on your laptop or at home it will not have the the same significance or impact as seeing it in a theater um in terms of memory i mean you can remember great films you saw in theaters uh, experiences like james said like with the black phone experiencing something uh, with other people and when if you're watching it by yourself or with like a significant other and you're like in your living room or you're on a laptop, it doesn't have the same impact as seeing it in, in a theater. And so uh, it's important to, if you're a film lover, to experience it in person with other people. That's the communal event. It's part of that. And it's hard to, it, I feel like movies that I've seen uh, when they were released streaming, I can barely even remember watching right. it, but right. I can, I, I know I'll remember seeing Top Gun for decades. Right. Absolutely. That first scene, like, First of all, oh, I yeah. have no significance to the movie, but I'll never forget. Oh, man, it's so cool. <laughs> so, oh, dangerous uh, start. Was, start. Was, yeah, exactly. So as your guys' show has grown in popularity, so has the show's credibility, landing you guys in different premieres, private showings and screenings, and some of the biggest box office movies. What was that first experience like for you guys? I think the first time, like, getting invited to IMAX was just so exciting. We were exciting. We were very giddy. Tell them about how we are we were IMAX before they even hit us up. Yeah, so IMAX, Anthony, I've been huge fans of since we were, like, 11 and 12. We used to go to the one in Natick at the Jordan's Ball, Furniture. Jordan's Furniture. We would go yes. to Kelly's, Kelly's Roast Beef. We would sit on the couches. Okay, with wait, the wait, food off coma. topic, off topic, off topic. Where do you rate Kelly's Roast Beef? Like, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10? God tier. It's 10. God tier. Really? Yeah. Okay, and the fried okay. clams. I haven't, I haven't fried clams. Yet. Whoa, I haven't tried bro. it yet. I know, I know. My, my my girlfriend's second apartment or whatever used to be like right over there in Medford, like oh. past Assembly Medford, Row and like Medford kid, yeah. Medford, right next to Kelly's and or sorry, Cappy's, and then there's Kelly's. 
So all right, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm now. So all right, when you go, you gotta get both. You gotta get both the roast beef sandwich, and you have to get fried clams as get well. Get like the seafood okay. platter. Seafood platter. You guys can yeah. so diet for a week beforehand, and then just go yeah. all in. Yeah, let's go for a run, man. Yeah, just fast the next day. We'll get just fast the next day. Yeah. But what were we talking about? Sorry. Oh yeah, going to join your first IMAX. Once you start talking about food, bro. And to be able to, now we we go to all their early screenings at their at their private theater at their headquarters santa monica and it's it's been so amazing to be invited there because we're such huge imax fans and we always have been we don't we don't like prop them up just because of the show we don't get paid to say imax is freaking awesome because it is awesome but it's been it's been it was always like a surreal experience to like the first time going to imax headquarters and seeing movies there and uh, we're going to see thor 11 thunder and then also i mean we saw top gun there and it's it's the theater that directors go to to like fine-tune their IMAX versions of their films. So like you, it's the most perfect theater that you could ever sit in and watch a movie. It's it's incredible. And so I would say surreal is the word to describe, like go into stuff like that. And it's really exciting and it, it's a lot of fun. And- IMAX is very nice. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a very laid back experiment experience. It's not like a red carpet premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone there is just like really excited to see the film. And there's like, it's not like there's photographers everywhere. James and I did do a red carpet once for, for Amazon. Amazon. For their show out of range and we we were like yeah we don't belong here they had us walk the red carpet and there's we like there's like 20 photographers taking photos of the actors and then me, me and jim go on the red carpet and then like one they're guy like, was like you want one photo hitty photos they're like <laughs> the guy took one like, photo of us who are these guys and then we were like oh, all right let's go <laughs> so it's a weird it's a weird experience doing a red carpet we we were invited to the light year one but we were in europe so we didn't go to that but still it, it's still fun it's it's yeah. Interesting experience is a good learning experience every time and we hope they always happen but yeah it's, it's really awesome to like work with big studios or, or imax on like seeing movies and, and they ask and they doing, ask us to make content for them, doing content sometimes. For them yeah. sometimes i mean yeah i'm actually sponsored the show a few times warner brothers done content yeah. for Hulu, the pr Hulu, packages that you guys yeah, get yeah, too yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah those, yeah, those so are fun, fun. Yeah, like those, yeah jones one was so cool the the old one we got we get like suitcases you know what, i like the ones we get paid for better yeah, <laughs> The Venom ones, I was like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> we don't I get paid for the, the um the Morbius. Yeah, we don't like, get paid for the packages. Yeah, thanks for the package. It's just it's just free stuff. I like the I like the money ones better. <laughs> Open a briefcase with cash, like Mission Impossible, or something. I wish. I'll promote the movie all you want, bro. Yeah, no, it's exactly. Been, it's been really exciting. It's it's I love exciting. it. I love it. All right, so. You know, one thing that fascinates me about Hollywood and maybe more so the academies and the Academy Awards, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about Chris Rock and Will Smith, that we have moved beyond that, so don't worry. But the one thing is that how Hollywood defines a best picture or what qualifies for a best picture. The last movie to win best picture and have the highest box office in the same year was Lord of the Rings Return of the King in 2003. Before that, you obviously had movies like Chicago, Beautiful Mind, and most notably was Titanic. But nowadays, it seems like those movies are, you know, are the ones that don't really steal the hearts of the Academy. For example, the top grossing movie of 2021 was obviously Spider-Man No Way Home with $805 million just in the U.S. Nomadland worldwide j- did just under $40 million. So I guess just a simple question for you guys is, should, have, should Spider-Man have been nominated for Best Picture? I mean... I, maybe that year because it don't was, offend anyone it wasn't like the best year because not a lot of movies came out that year because of covid i feel like i would have been okay in a way with no way home being nominated for because that was an awesome movie and mm-hmm. i mean 
a lot of people worked on that film. Huge budget. And box office doesn't always necessarily determine like how good a movie is. I mean, the Fast right. and Furious movies still make bank and like right. Those okay. are like uh, that's obvious. Dumpsters, dumpsters. Transformers should have won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> no, but, but I get what you're saying because the biggest movies of all time used to always be Best Picture nominations. Right. Like because Avatar, you know, people still to this day fight that Avatar should have beat uh, Home, you know, uh, Home or uh, Heart Locker. Hurt Locker. I was gonna say Home Locker. That didn't make any sense. I could see but that. Like, Maybe. I mean, I love the Hurt Locker. Um, right. I think every year is every year is different, and uh, it's it's hard to determine what you think will be the best picture winner. I think a lot of Academy of voters vote in terms of what they think they should be voting for to seem, I guess, like I don't. They don't want to. They, they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to put into words. Like, I am, I, am I stepping I on? Am I stepping on sponsors' toes right no, no, now? No, 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 in no, terms of the voters, they they want to seem like they know art. And well, they, no, they, it's not. No, it's not that. I think that's sometimes sometimes what it is. So it's happening. The I biggest so, film, yeah. the biggest films of the years now. So the biggest budgets, hugest movies of the years. They're being made generally to tackle. Uh, an audience of young people, kids, and families. That's what the biggest movies of the year are generally geared towards. That's why you have Transformers, Marvel, Disney. Uh, these are the biggest movies of the years now, whereas in the past, uh, studios were making most of their money, still making great character-driven movies, rated R movies, you know, mature content uh, in, in complex storytelling and just flat-out great stories um, with excellent acting, um, character and writing were put forward more than anything else. But now the studios, they're making most of their money uh, with uh, bombastic action, CGI fest. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the, the caliber of the movies that the biggest budgets are making are not the same. In terms of storytelling, it's not even close. Spider-Man No Way Home was a lot of fun. I loved it, but I wouldn't give it best picture. I wouldn't nominate it for best picture. When you compare I mean, compare that to... You know, any movie that won Best Picture in the 70s, 80s, uh, It was 60s, a unique year, though, where less, pe- it, less movies yeah, were less made. movies were made. Did I think right. No Man Land should have won Best Picture? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think The Father was the best. I think The Father was the best movie that came out that year. Uh, it got nominated, but it didn't win. But I, th- I think that studios are putting their hefty budgets not into um, – and also factor in the big box office successes for the most part from the past. They weren't huge investments like 200 300 million dollars beautiful mind what 50 million dollar budget tops uh, even films in the 70s they weren't being made for that much money the french connection was a huge hit the exorcist titanic was but, a 200 million yeah, budget. yeah yeah that in case <laughs> but the, Ex- the exorcist is, the exorcist is one of the most successful movies ever made extremely small budget still adjusted for inflation it's it made over uh, 1.5 billion dollars and that was mm-hmm. the most successful movie of its year but it wasn't made for that much money so but also you have to factor in studios are putting in boatloads of cash 300 million dollars if you can count in the budget and the marketing so they want to gear their movie towards as big of an audience as possible that means kids and adults so family-friendly movies so i think that's why these more successful movies these days are not getting nominated for best picture it's because the the content and the storytelling is more geared towards let's sell as many tickets as we can rather than let's tell as great and profound and powerful of a story as possible i also think their voters are afraid to dilute the artistic integrity and quality of the industry and their mm. art form in general. I think that's yeah. why, like, a sci-fi movie will never win Best Picture. I don't think that's why Dune didn't. Win I'll take Best it a Picture. step further. I don't think a Marvel movie will ever win Best Picture. No, I will never win Best Picture. And no besides way. Black Panther, I'd be shocked if a Marvel movie ever got nominated again for Best Picture. But mm. I think they, and that's why 
the Dark Knight should have won Best Picture in 2008, at least been nominated. But that's when they're like, all right, we need to change the rules and have up to 10 nominations because the Dark Knight was the best movie that year. But I think Academy voters, I'm not saying the Academy, the voters were afraid to pick a movie that I think they would see, see to perceive or dilute their art, which mm-hmm. is... You understand to an extent. And that, ironically, now you look back on it, it's the most artistic superhero film ever made. Yeah, so yeah. it's shocking that it wasn't nominated. But, like, Dune not winning Best Picture to me last year was still, like, a big, big, like, red flag. What won Best Picture? What, what did win Best Picture? Uh, Coda. Coda. Coda was great. Loved it. One of my, That was an underdog that I was saying, hey, everyone, don't sleep on Coda for winning Best Picture. Um, but in terms but of But it's what the, I mean. Like, Anthony didn't even know who won Best Picture. <laughs> Yeah, like, I forgot. But it's I not, never, not, and I'm not yeah. trying to discredit you, Anthony. But I was like, oh, I know, I know. It, it, it blows my mind. Like, I don't think a superhero movie will ever win Best Picture. I don't think. I, 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 I don't, maybe, I maybe in 50 never. years. I just, but like, okay, in, all right. Well, maybe in my lifetime, I don't know. But like, it's crazy. They said to me. they said a gangster movie would never win Best Picture, and then Godfather came out. Right. True. Right. So it's just, you, you so it's just an interesting point that I don't like. I I don't think we're ever going to see another major box office weekend win Best Picture. Like, sure, yeah, like we did but, with like Avatar in 2010. It obviously didn't yeah. win, but something along those lines. Yeah, I just don't think sci- sci-fi movies, superhero movies will ever like win Best Picture ever. And I think Dune was proof of that because hands down the best movie made last year, the production alone was astounding. Didn't even get a Best Director nomination, which is shocking. So yeah, that's when that movie doesn't win Best Picture, that movie doesn't even get nominated for Best Director. Then it's like every year is different, yes. And I think the culture of the of the of of the world and uh, american politics always has a say in the direction of nominations as well because a lot of movies generally will get nominated or, or win that have something to do with what's going on in the world which is art um mm-hmm. so i think that those big sci-fi films just won't they don't ever have a chance but also you get a factor in that right now the general population they'd rather go see a marvel movie than see coda which yeah, is so that's that's a problem because if, if coda came out in the 70s that would have been a box office juggernaut that's what i'm saying about how the movies have changed mm-hmm. these movies like if nomad land came out i mean 60 in the 60s it probably would have been a hit or even yeah. the 90s even the 90s it would have been a mm-hmm. hit so uh audiences general audiences they're flocking to the tentpole uh, superhero star wars Top transformers guy. whereas yeah. they used to go see french connection sounds the lambs sounds the lambs yeah. sounds the lambs was a big hit so what people want to see generally has changed. And if you haven't seen Coda, watch it ASAP. It takes place in Gloucester, kids. So it's, it's a wonderful movie. movie. Mass it's another mass it. movie. It's another Incredible. mass movie. Incredible. I'm totally, fine. I'm totally fine with uh, Coda winning Best Picture over Dune. Um, because yeah, it's, fine. It, it's it's a great just like human story. And mm-hmm. I'm just mad that uh, Denis Villeneuve didn't get nominated for Dune. That was what I was upset that, about. That was the most shocking thing yeah. I've seen. I'm totally fine with Coda winning. I think it was yeah. a, a wonderful movie. I'm still upset about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, about geez, Denis, man. Denis, Denis not getting nominated. Still can't yeah. sleep. <laughs> but so movies aren't the only thing that you guys obviously discuss on the show. With the overflow of content on streaming platforms that they put out, you guys also discuss a lot of TV shows. Do you have a favorite style or genre that you guys like to review on the show? For TV? Um, basically right now we're just doing whatever, uh, people keep begging us to whatever everybody's watching. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, we're sticking to things that are popular right now. We try to stay relevant. Like we're going to do the boys. Once the season finale comes out, we just did stranger things. Breaking bad was an excellent breaking bad. Yeah. A lot of fun to do. Um, we're going to do, I'm doing severance soon. 
um, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. So pretty much with, with TV, whatever's popular. I'm yeah. sure we'll do The Wire at some point. We got to do The Sopranos. Yeah, we did The Mandalorian when it was coming out. So TV, we just go, what's what's popping? Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, like, obviously with the following that the show has, I'm sure you guys get a, a huge, huge amount of requests for shows. Obviously, you probably had Harry Potter requests since day one, Star Wars <laughs> requests since day one, you know, but is there one right now that is just been flooding your inbox for people to have, to see an episode of the boys, the boys, yeah. Yeah. like the last four months, we get them all the time. So we actually just binge the series and we're caught up. And then once the finale drops, we're going to do a review. But since like, I'd say since 2021, we've just been getting flooded with do the boys. Can you do the boys? Yeah, do I posted the boys. A, an Instagram photo, a funny like meme of the boys. And I wrote who wants an episode of the boys. It got like 150 comments. We were like, Holy <laughs> crap. Like yeah. I didn't realize yeah. this many people watch the boys. It's a pretty cool show. I like it a lot. So I'm excited to do that. Obviously stranger things too. We've, we've been kind of holding out on stranger things because at the same time as the pandemic and the show starting, they didn't, start making their next season that's why it's been like a three-year delay since season four dropped so we've done two episodes on stranger things season four already and also mm-hmm. we did seasons one through three <laughs> in the last month stranger things month. so we're gonna do another stranger things episode in like a couple of weeks so we're always trying to figure out fun ways to rework popular things whether it be tv franchises or like with harry potter we've managed to do like 10 episodes on harry potter because we love it and everyone else loves it so right. we're always trying to rework we work ways to make our episodes about our favorite topics. And we've discovered that it's great to balance this out where we can talk about like a classic film like Jaws for one episode, but then do something more relevant for another episode. You mean like Elvis? Are you just going down yeah. your, your episode list right now? Exactly. Yeah. The last two episodes, Jaws and Elvis. Exactly. Oh, I know. Yeah. I did my research. <laughs> Stranger Things last week. Yeah. yeah. So 100%. Because yeah. we want people so, to still appreciate film before 2000. You know, movies have been made, were made for 100 years before. But I also feel like a Jaws episode, like leading up to like right after the 4th of July is like perfect. Like Jaws yeah. is like the ultimate summer movie. So yeah, it's, 4th it of July perfect. movie is the best one. <laughs> Big 4th of July movie. <laughs> but so, all right, finish the sentence. The biggest TV show that we're going to be talking about leading up to the Emmys is going to be blank. Can it be something that we've already talked about? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah. Biggest show on the yeah. planet. Yeah, Stranger Things. And then um, I think Peaky Blinders might get some award recognition, even though it hasn't yet for any of its seasons. But the last season was terrific. Okay. Now, will we ever see another Shit's Creek performance at the Evans? Hmm. I don't, I'm not sure it's good to repeat things um, at, at award yeah, shows. Year, at award shows, you got to keep it fresh yeah. in like a new tone, new theme. No, but I mean like the dominance that they have. Oh, we yeah. See perf- that sort of dominance. Like, like, I mean, whether it was Billie Eilish at the Grammys in what was it, 20, uh, 2020? Yeah, I mean, Breaking and, Bad for the Emmys and Golden Globes dominated. Sopranos so. dominated. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of like, uh, I every, actually read like a couple yeah. years, every decade has like great shows that just sweep everything. I don't think that what Breaking Bad did will ever be duplicated, where both Cranston and Aaron Paul were winning the Globes and Emmys every year for leading it, supporting as well as the show winning, uh, the, uh, a bunch of, uh, Globes and Emmys as well, because, uh, we have so many miniseries now where mm. a show will win and get get so much attention for its one season, whereas Breaking Bad was like, that was the show. Mm-hmm. But also, it's kind of rare for Awards what wise. Shit's, Creek did, Shit's Creek did because there's so many shows now. Yeah. Every yeah, network it was, has. It was, like, it, was, it was alarming almost. Like, uh, it was Shit's Creek is great. Yeah, I love that show. show. Um, but to have show. so many shows out there right now and it to just dominate like that, it was surprising. Maybe, maybe it'll happen again. Who knows? But uh, I don't know, but it's I mean, hard, it's hard Shit's Creek is such an amazing underdog story because it started out on a random app. I can't remember what the app was, 
Well, it was a Canadian then, TV show. Like no one picked it up here in the States. Yeah, it was some small streaming app picked it up. And then um, uh, whatever service ended up getting it, was it was it Hulu or was it? Well, was, I, Hulu and Netflix had it. Yeah, but yeah I think yeah. Hulu was first. I think you're yeah, right. And yeah, then, and then when Hulu got it, they blew it up because the first season wasn't even on an American streaming platform. And then the show just came out of nowhere. And yeah. I, I, I started watching it when it was already three seasons in. And I was like, this show is hysterical. I love it. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. So I can imagine, like we've said this, like we obviously want to, you guys obviously want to stay topical when you guys put out episodes. Obviously Elvis just came out on Monday. Today's Monday, but we're filming this and we're going to pretend it's Wednesday. But, (laughs) and like, but then there's shows that you guys do where you guys put out an episode like Jaws. Where do you guys decide or how does it become determined when to do, like when you have a time to do an old movie or an old TV show? How do you guys kind of pinpoint a topic? Especially because twins can't agree on anything. Most of (laughs) It's kind There's of, a bunch of butting, butting heads, it's, it's yeah. It's kind of just like feeling out how a month's going, how a couple weeks are going, and then just like, like we did Psycho like two and a half months ago, and we were like, let's just freaking do an Alfred Hitchcock movie, and it's really important, and, and since we've built such a, a huge audience, we feel it's important to, like I said earlier, is to educate people on cinema from before 2000, or even mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, just movies that are so great and so loved that a lot of people that are young today have never heard of, never watched because they're just consumed with superhero content and franchise <laughs> content, which is it's not their fault. I mean, if I was 13 and I was on TikTok or Instagram, all I'd be seeing is that stuff. And that's probably all I'd know about. And I think it's really important for us to to pepper in and mix up the show with popular relevant content as well as old movies to keep film alive and to keep people watching great cinema whether it's south korean cinema also or or italian cinema and just let people know know that there's an entire ocean of movies that they'd never heard of that they would probably love so much you know we grew up watching these great films tarantino movies scorsese movies uh, and just like i want people to know about these movies i want people to know about like park chan wook and his movies and people just found out about bong joon ho but he's been making movies since the early 2000s that we love right. so i think it's really important for us to it's it's i feel like a couple times a month we're like all right let's throw in an old movie let's throw in a great film that we love it's more for ourselves as well too because we love talking yeah. about it if, like, I, if i have my way we just do like old movies and that's it yeah. <laughs> so but we have to pay the bills so we have to do franchise yeah. stuff which we still right. love still love right. star wars and stuff but we we prefer and wish like i said we could do great classic movies every episode that'd be amazing and we also yeah. um our audiences our audience is 18 to 35 um and so there are people that are even older than us that make up a lot of our audience and a lot of the people we, that follow us they don't follow us to just talk about marvel they follow us to talk about movies and we discovered just from so many chats with them so many dms so many you know, uh, FaceTimes and uh, Zoom calls and our Discord chats that they, a lot of our fans love films, all kinds of films. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that we're lucky where you look at the other, a lot of the other influencers, whether they, they be on TikTok or YouTube, their reaction videos to like a trailer or, or they're just strictly like Marvel, Star Wars, DC, and that's it. But um, we've, I think we've, we're, we've been gathering an audience of people who love Yes, they love all that stuff, but they also just love movies. And so mm-hmm. we're lucky that we can talk about Jaws and we'll get a lot of people to tune into it. Whereas I think if if one of those other people, they posted about Jaws, people would be like, what is this? So mm-hmm. oh, that old shark movie? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. It. yeah. But yeah. I feel lucky that we can post an hour and a half long episode discussing Jaws. And that's cool because people will comment or the messages be like, hey, I'd never seen that movie. I'd heard of it, but I never watched it. But you made us watch this. You made me watch it and it's one of my new favorite movies of all time. Like we did a Goodfellas episode and there's so many people that never seen Goodfellas before. Me and Anthony were like, what? 
it. And yeah. they're so happy yeah. that they watched it and that they loved it. It's like in their top 10 all time because that's right. the top 10 movie of all time for me too. So it's just like great when people appreciate old movies that you help them discover. Absolutely. What, what would you say is your favorite movie that you've seen in the past three months? The past three like, months? Uh, and new in terms of like current release? Oh, Top Gun, bro. Yeah. Top all, right, all right, all right, all right. Let's all right. Top Gun aside, we. I mean, I think I think the numbers can speak <laughs> for itself. It's everybody's the favorite. Year, the year besides Top Gun, the favorite yeah. movie of the year. Everything yeah, everywhere sure. all at once is my number two. Unbelievable. I was gonna. That was gonna be mine. Yeah, that was my ahead, number James. two. You and then the Batman. You... The Batman is number three for me. Okay. I'd probably go my for the year. Obviously, Top Gun is number one. But then I think I'd probably go the Batman, the Black Phone. I loved. The movie was great. I loved everything everywhere all at once. X was a great horror movie, too. Oh, I loved X. X was phenomenal. Um, we just had a great year. The Northman was incredible, too. So just a lot of great movies. Also, low-key, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was the funniest movie of the year. Low-key, really? Really? so funny. So really? funny. I had a blast. I had a blast watching that movie. Okay, I was gonna say I feel like Marcel the Shell with shoes on might. Oh yeah, wonderful. Okay, Marce- we saw that too. That, that was, was wonderful. Excellent. I was, was okay. So when I saw movie. when I watched everything everywhere all at once, I saw the trailer for Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and I was like, this movie is gonna be hilarious, <laughs> and I and I'm dying to see it. But everything everywhere all at once might be the craziest movie that I've seen in like recent memory. Just like That's amazing, yeah. the amount of like multiverse things that I like had to pay attention to was absurd. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. We I'll, just did an episode on it, yeah. Yeah, I will like. I'll tell you like where my brain was at when the movie showed up. Movie credits. I was like, oh, that was a good, nice, long movie. I thought it was over, and then part two starts, and I was like, oh no, we're we're in for a long one. Like, like my <laughs> friends and I looked at each other and were like, that was a good hour and a half, two hour long movie. <laughs> like, I was like, what the heck? And then just kept going, kept going. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's terrific. Where our heads were at. It's a terrific it a movie. That's yeah. a gem of a movie. Yeah, so unique. It. All right. So in terms of content, you guys, there's, I think in terms of podcasts that I follow, I don't think there's anyone that puts out as much content that you guys do on social media, 41 million likes on TikTok and almost 2000 posts on Instagram in just over two years, not to mention the 371 episodes that you guys have put out without asking you to give away your secrets to success. How do you guys do that? Uh, it's just, you don't have a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's, we had, we had so much editing experience beforehand that we knew we could handle the workload and we we're both very good editors. And so we, we actually, it's a lot of content, but we actually are pretty efficient with how we, uh, film and edit the show. And we've, de- we've developed like these new routines on how to actually get, make, make a TikTok clip. It's actually much faster than I think most other people would edit it. Um, because we're very streamlined. Uh, and But I just think it's because of our experience with uh, video production and editing that really set us apart. And also, we've always put quality first. And when we started making our TikToks, we knew right away no one else was making TikTok clips like that. And so that really mm-hmm. got us to keep put, put the pedal to the metal on those. And work ethic, I think, is kind of the secret sauce ingredient, I would say, because Anthony yeah. and I both have, I pride, we both pride ourselves on having great work ethic. You know, I think Growing up in such a big family and, you know, our parents sacrificing so much and watching them work so hard. And our dad owns his own business and he worked every day of our lives and still works every every day. He's like, I don't think he'll ever retire. (laughs) But to to watch how much our parents worked when we were kids and then just being around some of our older brothers who were very hard workers. And I think we've just like rubbed, that's also rubbed off onto us where we're just very hard workers and you put the work in and 
you know, you have to make sacrifices in your life and personal life to get the hours to do that. You know, when we first started, like I said, we were working like hundred hours a week. So like I was working my full-time job and then doing everything I could outside of my job. So it's, it's really, I think that's also the secret ingredient is just working your butt off. And yeah, we live in a society where, where people like frown upon that and like working yourself too hard. But I mean, if you want to achieve something, it, it's, you really can't get past the work. And we, and I also, I mean, we knew that in order to do it, you, we had to like, cause we were late to everything. We were late to YouTube, um, kind of late to podcasting. So we're like, if we want to actually get ourselves out there, we have to do as much as we possibly can to actually get noticed by people and to set ourselves apart from other, other podcasts that are starting. So we knew that like, we have to like put out so much stuff just to get noticed. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. I want to ask about the Spotify recording session that you guys recently had. Was it, <laughs> so how was that? And was it, cause you guys have been at home base for two years, right? This, this amazing studio that you guys built in your house, like just outside, <laughs> right offside, right off your house. Right? We have like, a guest like in house the in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So was it like, was it a little nerve wracking to not have like, like, I don't know, like your favorite t-shirt on almost like, it was kind of <laughs> like you know, like, uh, I'm out of, I'm out of bounds here. <laughs> No, actually, that was fine. I I really yeah. liked the studio because the AC was excellent. <laughs> As was, my was so AC's chill, off, I'm like sweating over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was weird because it's a different environment. The table was we were sitting pretty far away from each other. Uh, but it, I mean, we once we started chatting, we settled right into it. But what was different was there's a sound engineer sitting three feet next to me. So having oh, an audience member like in the room was different from what we're usually used to. I was ex- very excited. I loved yeah. it. I had a blast when we went there and Spotify was so nice. You know, they recruited us. Anchor is their hosting platform. We were on Spreaker, which is iHeartRadio's. But Anchor was like, hey, guys, come on over here. And so we went to great. Anchor. Anchor's the transfer, the tra- <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And the transfer just started. But, you know, they invited us to their studio in L.A., downtown to record like like you brought up and it was just really cool everyone there was so nice they have this big ass studio that they built like right before the pandemic and now it's been empty for like two years basically like people work there but like their plan was to have all these studios they have like a dozen studios to record and we recorded in one of them they wanted people like shows to come there to record and film but they really haven't had the opportunity to get it going because of lockdown and everything and COVID the last mm-hmm. two years so they've just been gradually inviting like creators to come film there and experience it and we had a blast and it was so fun and their mics were awesome and I was actually excited to be in a new environment and the sound engineer at first I was like oh I guess we're gonna have an audience member the whole time but we were on our a game bro we were just like <laughs> slanging topics here and there we were on fire Perfect. when we finished we were like that's like the best we've ever done on a show we were just so like in the in the uh, in the zone and so I think being in you, you know what it was audience our, I think no our so the cameras the cameras we film with at home they cut out every 30 minutes because they overheat oh. if they don't so they automatically turn off um so then we just have to restart recording so it, it makes us stop every 30 minutes so we stop our conversation whereas their cameras were just rolling the whole time so we got to have a flowing conversation without any interruptions we had no mess ups we didn't even mess up on yeah, any no of the ads ups. or anything so yeah. we were just wow. cruising yeah you did great on the yeah, ad thanks man I appreciate yeah. it plus they had coffee and drinks and water so it was really cool like be on their campus and they had so many nice people. They're very welcoming. Very nice people. Felt very yeah. grateful to be there and excited. And I hope we get to go back to record there more frequently. Like maybe like once a month would be awesome because they have a bunch of studios and it'd be sick. It's it, not far from us. Yeah. It's just 20, yeah. 15 minutes away. Love it. I love it. All right. So a little bit off topic here. Now, some of the listeners may know this, but James is a big half marathoner. 
He's oh, definitely yeah. got the bug. He's de- uh, we've even gotten to run uh, together last summer when James was back here in Massachusetts. But are we ever going to see you run a marathon? I don't know. The fall is it's still intimidating to me in terms of like how much training goes into it because the show, it's a lot of work. You know, I work full time. We work so much on the show. Um, I just did a half marathon most recently at Yosemite. Your second one? Which or? was my third half marathon. So I did, I've actually done. Anthony, I did, keeping track. Yeah, I, I did three in nine months. So I did, <laughs> I did uh, Los Angeles uh, in 2021. And then I did uh, in February this year, I did one in Huntington Beach. And then I just did Yosemite uh, two months ago, like uh, like two weeks before our trip to, it was in May, right? In May, I did Yosemite with a friend of mine. And so I definitely have the bug, but I've had a, a situation where after that half marathon, I was still like maintaining 20, 25 miles a week. And then we went to Europe for two <laughs> weeks, didn't run at all. And I was oh, like, the Guinness is running. So that's, yeah, I was, that's I was awesome. like, I'll do like runs in the morning, but we're walking 10, 10 miles a day. I'm like, my feet couldn't do it. And then when I got back, I got bronchitis. And so I couldn't oh, run for another week. So he I was had, sick as a dog. I had three <laughs> weeks with no physical fitness and no running. And so I've actually like the last two and a half weeks since I kicked the bronchitis, finally getting back into shape. I, I'm still in pretty good shape cardiovascular wise, but I'm shocked how much I lost. I lost like 50% of my capacity, my, my cardiovascular capacity and in, in running. So I'm just I'm getting back up there. I can still run five miles, like no problem, but it's, it's yeah. it hurts like it, like it used to, because I was at yeah. the point where a, a 10 mile run was no big deal. But like now I'm, I'm slowly getting my, my legs back because three weeks of no activity just like killed my, my, Kills my you. shape, but I, I'm still, I'm getting that back, but I'm still addicted to it. I'll do another half soon in terms of full. I don't know, man. I don't know. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, it's all doing, mental man. after it's all mental after the first 13. Yeah, man. Trust me, Seriously. it's all mental. Yeah, after the first 13.1 miles, it's mental. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, like, I'm not I'm not trying to BS you right now. Like, no, I know. If, yeah. if, if you could you could do it. I mean, I saw you how you ran with me back in last summer. Like, you, you and that was do it. I wasn't even in that great of shape. I just did my last half in an hour 52. I killed it. So I know there I can go. do it. It's just whether or not I want you to do put it, all man. that work. It's a lot of training, man. It's a lot of Boston training. 2020. Three. How about that? Don't you have to qualify for that? No, you can raise money. You can raise money for charity. How much minimum do you have to raise? I think it's like twenty k. Oh, okay, gotcha. Maybe yeah. short answer to the log summary. Maybe, maybe yeah. I think you should do it. Maybe, maybe. Anthony, are you ever going to be running any fast marathons? Any? Hell no, man. <laughs> I'm a walker. I go. I go on a four and a half mile walk, uh, five times a week. And there you go. You should that's see this guy. Running. He's such a great walker. I'm great. He's you should see my. Stride. Are you a big? Are you a big speed walker? I go, I go, I go, he's going, I could, I could walk pretty fast. Ankle weights. I I might blow by if you don't, if you don't look, man. (laughs) Dude, that's the thing I had to learn about Massachusetts people is they, they walk so fast. Oh yeah. California people just like take it nice and slow and like New York is the same. Europe's the same. They walk very fast in Europe. Yeah. Well, it's because I think it's also has to do with the weather. Like when it's cold out, you want to walk fast so you can get back inside. So I don't know. Mm. I think it's, I think people from Massachusetts are so irritable. They just want to get to wherever they're going ASAP. Yeah. As soon as possible. Walking is just the biggest crutch. It's like, why why do we have to do this? Why can't we just teleport everywhere? (laughs) No, no, but I love walking. It's become, I've become my dad. I always made fun of him. He walks every day and now like, I, I was, I woke up today. I was like, I can't wait for my walk today. It's a great way to that lose voicemail, you run. Yeah. That voicemail that All you have voicemail. on your TikTok. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You people guys have to keep doing that. that. Yeah. People, people thought, thought I staged fake. that. No, I know for, I know for a fact you did it. I know. Yeah, I know. It was, that's, that's a, one of my favorite videos ever. 
but that's like such a dad thing like just gives you like an up like it's like a facebook post all right i'm walking i'm gonna yeah. head over and get some ice had some pistachio ice cream it was yeah. great <laughs> at lizzie's got some pistachio yeah. ice cream i got the dog we're taking the dog for a walk i'll call you back you're napping yeah. <laughs> he's always every time he calls me and i answer he's like hey you're napping yeah. <laughs> i'm like dad it's two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> No, well, you guys have it worse because you have your dad on the East Coast, so he'll call you at like 9 a.m. his time. He's like, Were you sleeping? Did I wake you? <laughs> no, he no, no. he calls you like after matter. work, he'll yeah. call you at yeah. like six o'clock your time and yeah. ask if you're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, it's, it's been so cool to it's been so cool to watch you guys succeed. Congratulations on everything. We have two final questions for you. If you if we were to re record this episode a year from today, where would you want the show to be? Uh, I want to be charting in top 50, not just in TV and film sections of Spotify and Apple, but like top 50 podcasts in general. I want a million downloads per month. I like that. Cool. We're like at about that. like a quarter mil, 300,000 per month. So we're nowhere more than that right now. We'll see. Yeah. We're averaging. We're having a really good month. Yeah, we're so having a great month. A mil per month would be absolutely incredible. We're on, we're on pace for 600,000 this month. I like it. I like it. I yeah, like fingers it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers so crossed. A, a million, right. a million is the kill. Yeah, I think charting would be amazing. Charting would be great too. We've we've dabbled. I, we've bumped up and down. Sorry, but yeah. No, 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 no. No, I no. I, I, trust me. I, I haven't charted, so I don't know what it's like. So keep telling. Yeah. <laughs> but so we do have one final question that we ask all of our guests, and, and James, I actually dove back into your first episode to, to figure out what your answer was to this, and I want to see if you're sticking with it. But I'll ask Anthony first, because he hasn't given this answer yet. Anthony, if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? <laughs> um, film bro, question mark. Because <laughs> everyone thinks I'm a bro and they call me a oh. film bro, but I'm not a bro. It's, 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 a, it's a commonality. You are wearing a tank yeah. top on a podcast. It's you are. Funny. You are. You guys did come dressed accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> but all right james your answer do you remember what it was i don't no, I, don't. I don't what what was it it was don't stop talking shit <laughs> <laughs> that's actually accurate to him do you want to keep that you never stop you never stop never stop never stop be talking shit <laughs> keep it, keep oh it. i love it i love it so we got film comma bro question mark and then we got don't stop talking shit i love it i love it well boys it has been an absolute blast to have you on the show james thanks for coming back anthony thanks for coming on again keep it up with the amazing success that you guys are having and uh if you guys are ever back out in massachusetts we'll definitely have to have a we'll have a guinness on tap how about that we'll get, get we'll get some kelly's <laughs> sounds great and we can yeah, run kelly's, and can kelly's walk. and guinness <laughs> what'd you say yeah well, uh, yeah we'll, we'll go to, go to a track a we'll run laps around anthony while he speed walks yeah. while he speed walks i walk backwards it's dumbbells. good for the calves it's good for the calves <laughs> yeah it was a blast thanks for having us on thanks now. man i'll talk to you soon so a big thank you to James and Anthony for coming on this week's show and sharing more about their story and their success. If you have not followed Raiders of the Lost podcast, you are missing out. It doesn't take a giant, giant muse, uh, movie lover to love what they're doing and their incredible podcast. So be sure to go follow them on Instagram, on TikTok, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, everything. Wherever you find your podcast, be sure to search them up. We'll leave links to all things Raiders of the Lost podcast in the description of this week's pod. Be sure to go follow us on Instagram as well and TikTok at Normal Guy Lazy Eye. Go check out the Normal Guy Lazy Eye store where you can buy your new favorite Q-Zips, hoodies, and t-shirts and even some hats. I myself, I am 
I think I'm at my hat limit, according to Eve. So no more hats for me, but I'm sure I'll, I'll finagle away to get a couple more hats. Anyways, that does it for all the shameless plugs. That does it for this week's episode. I'll be sure to see you all next Wednesday.